praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here this morning. You excited about the word this morning? Labor Day weekend. Uh, whatever that is. Boys asked me what's Labor Day. I said that, that means we get up at daylight and we work till dark. I mean, that's how I grew up. Labor Day is a day for labor. That's how you set your standards that you're going to live by. Uh, so, uh, actually, I've been doing that. Uh, didn't, didn't realize, but uh, last night, you know those times when you lay down and your scriptures just just bombard you and you cannot go to sleep? Well, finally, at 1.30, I got up for a few hours and, and went to the camper and had a Holy Ghost encounter. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost encounter. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I just uh, just believe God has something for you today. And no matter where you're at in your journey, no matter where you're at or what you're facing, I believe that God has something that He desires to speak to you today. I believe that if you'll open your ears now, listen, I know it's Labor Day, some of you's got ready burgers to put on the grill, got some uh, things to put on the smoker. I know you got a lot of things you're thinking about. It's 11-12. I promise if you pay attention, I'll go quickly. Uh, I told Barb, I said, this morning I, I, I got back in the bed and it started all over again. I thought, I can't get up again. Uh, I said, I'm like old faithful. I said, when you get a word inside you, ever so many hours it just erupts. And I preached myself happy last night, and I heard something through the grapevine last night. I'm telling you, I heard it through the grapevine. And when that came forth through the grapevine, I thought, boy, that's the last seal on this. I've got, I've got four of these notebooks, and I've rewrote this so many times because I don't do good writing it out. But I know that I know that I know. I know that God's got something for you. I believe we're living in a day that we need to be alive in Him. This is good news. The gospel is still good news. The gospel has always been good news. It is not something that we have to worry about or fear about. It's good news. I'm telling you it's good news for a believer. I'm telling you this morning I'm thanking God that He is not slack concerning His promise as men count slackness, but I'm thanking God that He hasn't returned yet. I'm one of those that troubles and, and so many things going on in life. How many's ever been frustrated? We're going to talk about some frustrations. And I'm a lot of times like, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But then I think about all the prodigals. And I think about all the people. And I think, God, can I not suffer for my few more years that are left, whatever they look like, so that some more people can come into the kingdom? So I'm thankful that you're not slack concerning your promise, but I'm thinking that you're willing that all would come to repentance. And you think that song don't have no meaning to you, that reckless love? I thank God that he found me. I thank God when I left him, he come looking for me. And I thank God he's looking for my children today. It don't matter what wall they're facing. I thank God he's about to kick some walls down. I thank God he ain't afraid to go up any mountain. I thank God that He is about to do something in your family that you've been believing for for a long, long time. And we ain't giving up on the promises of God. I told Pastor Rhonda a few... I've been working about a month. This has been going over in me. When your frustration turns into your torment... And I believe there are a whole lot of Christians that are living in torment... Okay, I want to read some scriptures. Jesus, help me. Let me go. I'll, I'll, wait, pray after, but I'm going to pray right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for the Spirit of truth that leads and guides us into all truth. I ask you right now, Holy Father in heaven, that you would just touch my lips and let me speak what you desire for me to speak and not speak nothing more. I pray, God, I would not be anxious. I pray, God, that this word would come forth. And I pray, God, that it would do that which you are sending it to do, Father. I thank you that hope and encouragement will arise in this house, in every heart, in every believer. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to the, the book of Luke.
want you to stay with me. I want you to, I want you to follow with me this morning because it's going to almost sound like two different messages. I promise you I'm not preaching three different messages today. Barbara informed me a moment ago she's only got two pages left in her notebook, and, and if I go past those, I'm in trouble. So she takes notes. And uh, sometimes you need to take notes, whether it be mental or on paper or in your phone, however you do that. Listen, I, I want to say this, those of you that are texting me, uh, it's not that I'm not texting you back right now. The stupid phone that we have, it ain't smart. It won't allow, I, we need the one figured out how to text on it. As soon as I get my new phone, and I don't want a smartphone, but as soon as I get one, I will be answering your text, and she won't. That's what's been going on. Boy, he, I ain't texting him. He won't, he won't answer. It won't work. Just clarify that. Luke chapter 16 verse 19 there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and finely and fared sumptuously every day and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and he was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments God never intended for us to live in torment God never intended for a believer to live in torment torment is something that's in hell and while he was in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth and I thought of this while I was looking at this we talk about the great, great cloud of witnesses that somehow there's a porthole opened up sometimes and they get to look down but I'm reading right here where there's an opening in hell where he got to lift up his eyes and look across and he was in torments and he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said Father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame I want you to turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 4 book of Matthew chapter 4 verses 23 and 24 and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people that's the results of the preaching of the kingdom heal sickness and disease and all manner of disease and all manner of sickness and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those who were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them Jesus went about preaching and teaching and the, and the results of the kingdom of what Jesus was preaching and teaching was healing and deliverance healing and deliverance and a lot of times when we think about the word torment we all think about demons we think a lot of times if we talk about being torment well they must be demon possessed listen I'm convinced there are some demon-possessed people, but they are not hiding behind every bush. I mean, they are, not, they are not like hiding behind every bush and every pew and every church filled with demon-possessed people. But I also believe that there are a lot of people that have different torments. There's a separation here in this scripture. I believe he put it in there just for that. That there are people that are not demon-possessed. They're just tormented in their heart and in their mind. And, and I think that a lot of times that the enemy comes against us with frustrations. Listen, the devil can't kill you. The devil can't kill you. If he did, we'd all be dead. The devil's trying to kill me. The devil can't kill you. He can torment you. He can frustrate you. He can cause you to be discouraged. But he can't kill you. The Bible says fear only one that can destroy the soul and the body. That's what it says. We pray, I'm sending you back, demons and devil, back to hell where you came from. Uh, must I remind you, he didn't come from hell. He fell out of heaven. 
we praying to send him back to hell. He ain't been to hell yet. He's going to hell. Hell was prepared for him. Hell was prepared for him, not people. God wanted a family. God in the very beginning wanted a family of people that he could love and cherish, sons and daughters that he could have a family with. We know the beginning. Adam and Eve were created in the image and the likeness of God and walking in a garden and God would come down in the cool of the evening and walk and talk with them. And the devil didn't like it. The devil did not like it. He hated us. He still hates you. The devil hates you. You're his replacement. You, you, you are doing what he was created to do and now he no longer gets to do it so he came down into the garden he thought I'll mess up this situation what God's created I'm going to go in the Bible says he came in and I don't know how long it took I don't know how long it was Adam and Eve walked in the garden before the fall came before they gave in to that sin I don't know could have been thousands of years we have no idea we don't know how long because they weren't living on our time. They were still living on God's time. But then there was a day when sin entered the garden and then we started living on our time and not God's time. And let, watch this. Watch this. Watch what happens. Uh, God sees that man, uh, evil's everywhere, and it grieved him. God got frustrated, by the way. It grieved him that he created man. But he still wanted the family. God still desired to have a family, a people that he could walk and talk with. He, he wanted that family, so what did God do? God purposed, I'm telling you, he knows the beginning from the end. The, the plan was set in order way before anything ever happened. The whole plan was set in order. Now the Bible says in 2 Peter that a day with the Lord is the same as a thousand years. A thousand years is the same as a day. Right? That's God's time. Our time is 24 hours. We just hope to make it through 12 so we can run to bed, so we can sleep and get the frustrations of the day out of our mind. How many's frustrated? How many's got kids? How many's got a husband or a wife? How many got a job? Well, we don't get frustrated very much, but there's occasion that we kind of get frustrated with each other. I've learned. I'm, I'm 62 years old. I'm at retirement age. I've learned, I've learned just to be quiet. Am I doing better? I am. I just be quiet. Just be quiet. Shut up. God still desired to have that family, even though he was frustrated with the condition that man had found himself in. And watch what happens. It's come before me. And God decides that he's going to destroy all mankind. But if I destroy all mankind, then I won't have the family that I desire to have. The Bible talks about Noah found Noah found grace and favor in the eyes of the Lord. And you know, you start looking at that, and they lived a long time back then, but no man ever lived for a full day with God on God's timetable. Now, God came down on our timetable. God come down cool evening and talk to them. But the oldest man alive was Methuselah, which lived to be 969 years old. I was, re I was looking at this, and I'm thinking, well, what about Noah's dad? Lamech, what happened? He died five years before Methuselah did. So what happened? Enoch walked with God, and he was not because he pleased God. Enoch pleased God, and one day he's walking. I like what Pastor Hank used to say. They were walking one day, and God told Enoch, you're closer to my house than we are yours. Why don't you just go home with me today? So Enoch, the great-grandfather, which started a heritage in their family, pleased God. So his grandfather, Methuselah, Noah's grandfather, lived to be 969 years. He never made it a full day on God's time. 969 years, and he passed away. And his name means he dies and it is sent. Now, I don't know which come first. Did they put the definition of that name after it happened? I don't know. But that's what his name means now. Because the flood was not coming until that heritage of that family was safe. Enoch was with God. I don't know but what Enoch got up there and talked with God. 
God's frustrated with mankind. He, Enoch's walking with him. If, if you're walking with God, do you have conversations with God? I mean, do you talk to him? Oh, thou most hope. No. God, God, what in the world are you? Why did you let that happen? God, why don't you do this? God, why don't what? Come on, God. Let me give you some Barb. Give me let me give you some help. I've got some good ideas. God, I've got some good ideas. So I'm sure Enoch's having some kind of conversations with God, and he's talking about his family. This is my son. This is my grandson. This is my family heritage tree. So somehow, some kind of agreement comes that he's not going to cause the flood to come till they die. I just find this very interesting that God desired this family so he caused a man, Noah, who found grace in his eyes to build a temporary ark. Temporary ark. What? To get them into the presence of God? No, to save them from the flood waters that were coming. That's a temporary ark. But God had a plan in the future for a permanent ark. But what happened in the days of when Methuselah died at 969 years, there was 30 more years there before they stretched in, stepped into that threshold of stepping over into a day with God. The oldest man liked 30 years of stepping over the first day in God's time into the second day with God. Yet he died. But Jesus comes on the scene. See, the ark was a temporary means by which just to save mankind. Why? So that we still had seed to produce a family for God. So when Jesus comes, now I know 30 is the time that they became rabbis and that's the time they stepped into the priesthood. And, but I want to present this to you, that Jesus came and walked as a man for 30 years. He fulfilled that 969 right up to the 999 years so that the next day he stepped over into eternity and he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. That's good, ain't it? That'll preach. That'll preach all day long that Jesus came and fulfilled every detail. There's nothing left undone in God. He knew the beginning from the end. So Jesus walked for 30. At 12 years old, Jesus went into the temple, and they were astounded what he taught, but it was not yet time. We had to get to that threshold. There was a temporary ark but there was a temporary ark built. Why? To save mankind, to save that seed, because God still wanted a family. That temporary ark did not deliver man from sin. That temporary ark, I, I preached it here. Sin got on the ark, sin got off the ark. God said, I'm going to send an ark that's going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Your sins will be forgotten. I will wash away your sin. Sin cannot enter into the presence of God. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. What can keep me from going into the presence of God? My sin. You don't walk boldly into the throne room of God with your sin. You walk boldly into Jesus' blood when His blood washes your sins and cleanses you from all unrighteousness and then you go into the presence of God. frustrations the devil can't kill you the devil was so excited about the condition of mankind he thought I, I, I've done it God's going to wipe them out God speaks to Noah and says build an ark why is that going to carry me to heaven the flood waters are going to rise up into the third heaven while it's up into the third heaven we're going to step off in the presence of God no it's going to save you from what's about to happen in the earth. Waters are going to recede and it's going to land on a mountain and you're going to get off in your sinful state and continue to do your sinful things. And I'm going to send the law and I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff that you're going to do until the time is fulfilled when I am about to send my only son and he is going to be the perfect sacrifice for your sin. And that's where we come in the picture devil cannot kill us 
the thief comes but what? For to steal, to kill, and destroy. To kill, to steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. We can't kill me. Well, he kills your dreams. He kills your hope. He kills your vision. He steals your sanity from you. If he can't kill you, you I, I'm going to put a hedge around you. He can't kill you. I'll put a hedge around you. God's got a hedge. How many say, thank God for the hedge? Oh, my God, I thank God for the hedge. Someday I thank God for a double hedge. I thank God for the hedge around Jennifer Sally right now. I thank God for the hedge around Tiffany Sally today. I thank the God for the hedge that he has put around people today that the devil can't kill them. But what happens is, if it can't kill you, I'll make you so frustrated you'll be worthless. Now this rich, this rich man lived just all his stuff that he had all the time. Poor Lazarus laying there as a beggar eating crumbs, just hoping to get a crumb from, from the rich man's table. Oh, Jesus, help me here. The devil can't kill you. He's going to try to frustrate you with the circumstances of life. I wish I wished when I get in the Holy Ghost place, you could just kind of like, I'm going to walk in this cloud. The cloud is around me. It's just, oh, the Shekinah glory. Buddy, we better be in the Shekinah glory of God. That's where you get strengthened. You go the effectual fervent prayer, not the wimpy. Pastor Hank, first word I ever received, a prophetic word. You're not a mamby-pamby Christian. Praise God. He also said this. First prophetic word I ever got, you will loan and not borrow. Well, I have been loaning some. I quit borrowing. I'm not rich as far as you count richness. I am rich because I've got peace. I'm driving the other day in my truck. Me and, me and Ginger are going to the dump. And I had the windows down. And I could smell they were cutting hay. And I'm looking down and I got enough gas in the tank to go to the dump and back. And I'm like, I am so happy right now. I've got peace right now like a river. i got peace that no, no amount of money can buy. You can have all your riches. Just give me Jesus. I'm a rich man. And if you've got a friend, you're a double rich man. So how does he frustrate you? Listen, frustrations come. You get frustrated at jobs. How many ever get frustrated with your boss? And if he's in here and you're in here, don't. I go ahead and raise your hand. Tell him. You frustrate me sometimes. How many get frustrated with your kids? You're lying if you, you say it never happens. How many get frustrated with your parents sometimes? They don't happen very often. They don't happen very often. There's nothing wrong with frustration. How many get frustrated with your spouse? I go there. Yes, I go there. I tell her, I say, I've been loading the dishes now. I'm doing dishes. I'm like, I, I'm like, I want to stick these notes, but I'm going to say this. I just got done putting them all in there, and I turn around, and you've got the sink full again. And I'll hand wash them because I hate getting them out of the dishwasher, and then there being more to put in, so I'll hand wash them. We get frustrated, we get frustrated, we get frustrated, and most of them are because of relationships. But you'd get frustrated if you were alone on an island. You would. It'd take a while maybe for some of you. You get frustrated, and, and, and if you don't put a harness on your frustration, I, I want to talk to you about that. That's where we're headed this morning. Being able to get a harness on your frustration. The devil can't kill you. God's already made a way, a new ark. Listen, I'm on the ark. I'm an eternal being. I'm an eternal being. I don't start being eternal when I die. I'm just now eternal living in a container that if Jesus don't come, it will pass away. But I've been born again. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm headed to heaven. I'm eternal right now. 
This carpet's not eternal. That pulpit's not eternal. This spirit in this container is eternal right now. Why? Because I'm on the ark that's going to take me straight to heaven. The ark, Jesus said, I am the way. I will carry you through, son. Don't jump off the ark. You know what it means to harness? If you unharness, means to remove the harness. Some of you. That means unrestrained, unchecked, uncontrolled, untamed, undisciplined, and wild. Unharnessed. Your frustrations, if you don't get a harness on them, will lead you down a path you don't need to go on. Pastor Hank, years ago, I cannot remember that lady's name. It was a lady who lived over there toward Cleveland Plywood, somewhere over in that area, and she had all these animals. She had buffalo. She had those sheep, Barbados sheep. Remember How many remember the sheep? Out at the ranch, Pastor Hank got some sheep. Well, we didn't realize those sheep produced like rabbits. I mean, they did. Sheep produce sheep. Come on. Come on. Sheep produce sheep. And things started producing. It was exciting. Oh, we got baby lambs. And then we got more baby lambs. And it don't take them long to grow up to have more baby lambs. They like... Anyway, we kind of got overrun with sheep. And then we had the granddaddy ram. The granddaddy ram. He was a bad boy. He had the big curly horns. And one day we decided that we were going to get the sheep let go to a new home, new farm. And it was the guys that was doing the drywall finishing for us. A bunch of redneck. They were. They were redneck. Like, I'm redneck. They were redneck hillbilly. Eh? They, they wanted those sheep. And they, and they say, we'll get them. Okay, we'll help you get them. And we go out there to get the sheep, and we get all the sheep, but we did not get the ram. The ram was untamed, undisciplined, and wild. And I don't know how many trips we went out to get the ram and couldn't get the ram. So one day, a whole big group of us men decided we will go get the ram we will corral him into the barn and then we'll load him on their truck and then we'll let them deal with that crazy stupid wild lamb that butts against everything that's told him to do so we pull up out there and he's asleep now his head's up but he's asleep behind a big oak tree and I said wait just a minute I think before we get him running and going crazy I think I can catch him <laughs> I tell Pastor Ron that sometimes I'm more stubborn than I am smart no. yes I am and I, I get behind this big oak tree he's on that side and I'm on this side and I'm looking back up at the fence and they're all laughing <laughs> and I'm for the best of me trying to think how do you do this and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm as big as he is. I'll, I'll just jump on him, grab him by the horns, and I'll have him. I jumped on his back. I grabbed him by the horns, and I had him. But really, he had me. He had me. I had him by the horns, but he had me by my pride. I had him by the horns, but he had me by my pride. I am not letting go. I'm looking up, and they're laughing. I mean, they're rolling, and he's got a downhill shot. And he kicked me in the shin. I thought one of them broke when it popped, and I heard that crack. He kicked me in my legs. He drugged me. I'm dragging. He drugged me down. I never let go. I never let go. I said, no, I've got a hold of something, and it may be painful right now, but I'm not letting go. It may cost me some pain, but I'm not letting go. It may not be the most pleasant thing, but I'm not letting go. And I rode on his back till he finally got tired, and he fell over, and I'm on top of him. I couldn't hardly breathe, and they all come running down there. Of course, you know, they got the, they got the award for loading him in the back of the truck. 
I mean, they got, they got the award. Hey, we caught the ramp. You didn't catch nothing. Somebody else took the pain for you. Somebody else done took the pain for you. Somebody else has already took the beating for you. Somebody else already took the stripes for you. Somebody else already paid for your sin. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. There's nothing you could do to redeem yourself. Jesus came and he bore it on his back and he bore it on his head. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus didn't defeat the devil at Calvary. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. The final, oh, death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Jesus defeated the devil when he went out 40 days in the wilderness led by the Spirit of God and fasted for 40 days. We don't talk much about what Jesus did in the wilderness when the devil brought him every kind of temptation that you've ever faced. Every, every situation you've ever faced. And he used everything against him that he could possibly use to try to get him to bow down. Nothing you've faced, Jesus didn't face. Well, now I'm facing some temptations. I don't think Jesus had to face them. He faced them. I'm facing sexual temptations. How do you... He didn't get he showed him everything. He showed him everything. He showed him all the glory of the world. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He showed Jesus everything. And every one of those, he tempted Jesus. And it had to be a temptation or the Bible ain't true. What do you mean? It wasn't his to give. The, the prince of the power of the air. I am so thankful that Jesus defeated the devil. I am so thankful that Jesus fought the battle for me. I am so thankful the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. I am so thankful all I have to do is stand on the authority that Jesus took back and gave to us. So, so we have authority because Jesus took it back. Jesus took it back. When he wrestled with the devil... He took back the authority that Adam had released. He gave it to his church for us to operate in it. He gave us everything that we will ever need. He gave us everything that we have, have need of today to overcome every enemy. And he gave it to us. So what happens is, this rich man, he goes to hell. And in hell, the Bible says that he is tormented. I know people... Serving the Lord that are tormented. And I, I've been working on this for just for a, for a bit. And this, this past week I've had opportunities. God is just bringing people across my path that are in torment. I, I, it's just a God thing. It's, it's a God thing. And, and I, I stand humbly before God and say, God, when they come and they ask for prayer and they call... Let me have the answer that Jesus is the only answer and He's already given the authority. So this rich man's looking down because he's tormented and he's looking across the way and he sees Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Lazarus was just wanting the crumbs. So what did God speak to you last night? I heard it through the grapevine. Because that wasn't on my notes. But this is what the Spirit of the Lord said to me last night at 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, I want you to tell my people that they are eating crumbs. God said, you tell my people. I heard it through the grapevine, buddy, and you can't mess when it comes through the grapevine. When the Holy Ghost, man, it just Holy Ghost. And then you start interpreting what the Holy Ghost is saying. You tell my people they're eating crumbs and I provided a full feast for them. eating crumbs when he's provided the whole feast for you so we have prodigals and we have elder brothers 
both of us have a tendency at times to eat crumbs. So what happens is you are frustrated because you are eating crumbs and somebody next to you is eating a feast. Why is God doing that for them and He won't do it for me? Because you're eating crumbs. What are, you're eating crumbs. This ain't a pride thing. I'm telling you, it ain't a pride thing to take your stand and, and possess what Jesus died and gave you. Jesus didn't go through all that He went through so you would eat crumbs. Jesus didn't die and take beatings and defeat the devil, death, hell, and the grave so that you would eat crumbs. I'm not on you. I'm on, I'm, I'm so mad at the devil. He makes me angry. He is a lying, deceiving idiot. He's got more patience than most believers. He knows how to wait his time, bid his time, and come against you with frustrations. Why are you frustrated? Why are you seeing things out of the light of the gospel? Because you're eating crumbs. What does that mean, eating crumbs? Well, the prodigal son comes home. The prodigal son takes everything he's got and he spends it. Right? Spends it all. He says, my father's servants, my father's servants are eating better than me. I pray in the name of Jesus, every prodigal son and daughter comes home. I pray for every prodigal son that sits in the pews every Sunday morning. What's a prodigal sitting in the pew? The one that's eating the crumbs. The one that doesn't know that the fullness. Even the, even the elder brother, when the younger son got home, even the elder brother will, what are you doing this for? I've been here with you the whole time. My God, I've been sitting on this pew, brother. I've been sitting on this pew longer. I was sitting on this pew when you were still, still, oh, Mama, you were still a baby. You, look at Chuck, ain't no telling what come out of your mouth. I've been sitting here all these years. Why has God blessed them and they just came? Because you're eating crumbs, brother. You're just eating crumbs. You ain't, you ain't pulled up to the table. Everything I've had, son's been yours. You never even asked me. You didn't even pull up to the table. You're sitting back there and the table's up here. And I mean, it has got a feast on it. And it's been for you the whole time. I mean, the feast right here has been setting on the table. My Lord Jesus. The feast has been on the table the whole time. You ain't even stepped up to the table to open the feast up. I look at the menu. Oh, God. I got a menu book here. How you people, anorexic people. I, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about, about conditions. Anorexic, is that the right one, honey? Because God, I can have that. What are you telling me? Oh my God, look at the menu book. <laughs> it's been here the whole time. Son, you've been here the whole time. You, you didn't even order anything. You never even pulled yourself up to the table, the king's table. My God, the king's table. You've been eating crumbs. You go to church, eat a few crumbs, and make it struggling, crawling through the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not, but I'm trying not to make it. I'm trying to be secret friendly without being watered down. <laughs> Never got menu book open. Got some filet. <laughs> my gosh. My God, that's good stuff. How come they're eating and I'm not? You never open the menu. Well, I'm waiting on that person. You know, she comes around. We'll tell you our special today. Special today, bean soup. Our special today. You never looked at the whole menu. All you took is what one person said to you. One little thing that you could have. A, well, I think I'll try that. I tried it, but you know what? I, I don't know. It just didn't take. Huh. That's, oh, the menu book. 
I've opened the menu book. I opened the menu book a long time ago. I opened the menu book and I found out I can do all things. I'm more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You don't face nothing. You don't know what I face. You don't want to walk a mile in my shoes, bless God. Nobody wants to walk in somebody else's shoes. But I opened the menu book and I found out, oh God, I can eat that. I need a portion of that. i got to have some of that. I started walking and eating in that. The Bible, boy, I, I'm, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to make it before 12. I want to tell you, Saul and David, too, in the Old Testament, Saul got frustrated. Why, He got frustrated because Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his. Why's that? Because David knows how to get on the backside of the desert, taking care of the sheep, and play a harp to God. Bible says an evil spirit will come and torment Saul and then he'd have to call David come over here and play your harp somebody come over to my house tonight. if everybody will come over to my house bring your harps get them off the willow tree my God I'm not making fun of anybody going through something I get so mad at people when they tell you put on your big big clothes you don't tell me that just because you're not going through it listen when there is a fear in your life it is real Fear hath torment. I believe that there is torment through fear. We were in, remind me, I want to get back to where I'm at, but I'm going to go over here just for a second. We were in North Carolina at the Outer Banks at 3 o'clock in the morning, driving up the Outer Banks. Got to the upper end and had to cross a bridge. You ever been driving when you get that? Shame on you. You shouldn't be driving. <laughs> but I was at 3 o'clock in the morning. Wasn't nowhere to go. I was sleeping in the car. And I started across that bridge. And I'm telling you, this fear came over me. And I did that all the way across that bridge. And my whole body was, was literally shaking. The fear came on me to such a degree, I couldn't stop it, control it. But here's what happened. It stuck. I come home from that. I could not cross Fort Loudon Dam without that happening. And I know people be, you'd be watching me and I'd be going like, you'd be laughing because you'd think it's funny, but it wasn't funny. It was tormenting me. I couldn't get across a bridge. Now, I would never stop and let her drive. That would be more, I would never stop and let her drive. I know. I tried. I tried it once on the interstate. On the interstate, I tried it once, and we made it a mile or two. I said, "Pull back over. This ain't working." I was trying to grow up. It stuck. Fear hath torment. Was it real? It was from the devil. It attached itself. I told her, I said, I can't live like this the rest of my life. I can't go across Fort Loudon Dam. You don't understand. It was paralyzing. And that paralyzing, your muscles just, and then, then you are going to have an accident. So I said, i got to deal with this. How? I said, let's go to Florida to the Sunshine Bridge. I'm going, I'm going big. Anybody ever seen the Sunshine Bridge in Florida? My God, that thing is like, you see it when you, before you go around that long bend. You're like, oh my God, there ain't no way I'm crossing that. I knew it was coming. And I got up right toward that thing. And when I got right up to the edge of it, I'm telling you, I started quoting scriptures and praying in the Holy Ghost like you ain't ever seen. I mean, the spirit of Pastor Rhonda come on me, and I mean, I'm just, I'm telling you, I went across that bridge. Then I realized I had to turn around and come back across the bridge to get back where I was going. And I says to myself, and I said it to her, if it worked once going this way, it'll work that way going back that way. I prayed in tongues and I spoke scriptures. Oh my God, there's power in the Word of God. 
that tormenting thing was trying to attach itself to me for what? For the rest of my days. And I, I got set free from that. Every once in a while, if I ever, if I ever feel that thing coming, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're frustrated. And if you don't deal with it, it will become tormenting to you. How many knows what I'm talking about? You can be a speak tormented. You go to bed like, oh my gosh. Can't even go to sleep. Can't, can't sleep. Can't wait for the sun to come up. Sun comes up, can't wait for the sun to go down. Tormented. You know how to put face on people in here deals with torment you didn't, I'm not tormented that's a devil yeah it's a devil and he's tormenting you you're frustrated why are you frustrated you got to deal with them you got to learn to deal with them through that word of God you got to eat some meat the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord and this will be one I'll close with because I forgot four minutes what we do this is what we tend to do how many's got your favorite scriptures? I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against me will prosper. There are times in your walk that you use those scriptures. That's because of the authority that he's given you. That's not what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord. See, that's some meat that's in the menu, all those scriptures of who you are in Christ. And there are times when I use those scriptures. There's times when I'm facing a situation that I use those scriptures. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Why? They were about to stone him. Why? Because they were upset about their prodigals. That's a story of prodigals. They went and done their business. They come back. All the sons and daughters and wives are gone. Listen, you mess with sons and daughters, you mess with my wife, it'd be hell to pay you messing with my wife. Well, that ain't Christian. Like you, you bother her and you'll see me get out of the car and knock your head off. And I will get back up if you're bigger than me and I'll knock your head off. Why? Do that. That's just to let you know, don't mess with her. They they're prodigals. Their sons and daughters were gone. They gotta find somebody to blame. Your fault. You're the pastor. Blame the pastor. It ain't the pastor's job to raise your family. It ain't the pastor's job to raise your children. It ain't the pastor's job to get you financially independent. It ain't the pastor's job to tell you what color car to buy. Come on. pastor's job to feed us and tell us how to get in the menu book and find out. And the last, the last two weeks when you preached, I, I, I'm not an outward... like. You know, I, I just, when they preach those messages about, well, you go to a ball game and you jump up, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to have to take independence from that. Hey, I ain't shouting because somebody's carrying a leather football down the field and they're getting $30 million to do it and I'm getting $30 an hour to do this. I ain't. Good. I'm glad you all enjoy that. And that's good that you enjoy it, but I don't do that, so and I'm exempt from that. But when you're preaching, about who God is when you start talking about him stretching forth the creation I mean he told Job I will demand an answer of you son who you think you are who you think you are is, is doing that it's cool when you can know what's all, all your pages and I've only got four and I've done got three I'm done so I've got one, one scripture David encouraged himself in the Lord the Lord is my shepherd. I like Psalms 18 and 2. He 
this is this this is the meat. It ain't about who you are. Well, the demons are they got to submit. Jesus, don't don't take pride in that. You don't have that because you are who you are. You have that because I give it to you. What you need to marvel in is this that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. There is an ark that's about to depart, and I'm on that ark. I ain't jumping off. I ain't making an early exit. I'm riding that ark all the way into the portholes of heaven. They're all me standing awake when I get off that ark. Now, I hadn't thought of that, but when that ship lands, 18 and 2, David said, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. My God and my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen, frustrations need to end. I just challenge you today, quit eating crumbs. I heard it through the grapevine. Stop eating crumbs. Pull yourself up to the table like you're a son and a daughter of the Most High. Well, I'm not, I'm not the favorite Joseph. I, listen, they were all sons and they all became the tribes. Quit putting yourself under everybody. Quit putting yourself down. Self-motivational speak. No. It's who you are. I'm a son of the Most High God. He called me by name. He called me by my name. Tim Sally. I love it. Tim Sally. That's you and me. That's number five. I know that's you and me. God calls you by name. God calls you by name. God calls you by name. He calls you by name. I'm a son of the Most High God. Well, what's that? Take my authority in Him. Take your place at the table. She does that table thing. Pull yourself up there and get you a slab of meat. Paul said, I can't even feed you meat. Why? You got to have milk. Why? You've been eating crumbs. You can't eat meat. You've been eating crumbs. It's time to eat meat. deep things no the, the, the whole menu there is an authority of a believer and we've taken a back seat a lot of us has taken a back seat behind everybody else and it's almost it's almost a wrong humility it's borderlining being a wrong humility I, I'm not going to put myself at the head of the table unless they come in and say hey you're in the wrong seat but I'm going to pull myself up to the table Oh God. I just say that. That's that's where we live. If they really want me, they'll come out here and get me. You take it. You're fun. You need a chuck when you're preaching. I'm not coming to the table till if if Pastor Rhonda comes and gets me, then I'll come to the table. I'm not waiting for Pastor Ron to call me the table. My God, Jesus done paid a price so that I could sit at the table. Jesus done paid a price that I have a position on that ark. Cabin 35, 33, 333A. My cabin number on the ark. Amen. We were uh, a few years back. I'm done. A few years back, I... God started speaking to me through number 333. Jeremiah 33 and 3, calling to me, and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. I mean, it started happening like it was crazy wild. I've got a journal and a notebook that I put something in. We went to do a youth camp down in uh, Panama City, and we weren't staying at the camp. We were staying in a motel, so we didn't have to be at the camp. And, uh, they have them maps laying there 
and she starts to uh, circle our room number. She, she reaches down, and it was room 330. I thought, oh, my God, I'm glad it wasn't 333, because if it had been 333, I don't know if I would have been able to come out of the room the whole weekend. But she ripped off the top paper. She handed it to me. She had circled 330, but somehow, somebody, some way had put a star on 333. And this is what I learned. When that happens, I say, I'm calling to you. What do you want me? And boy, he gave me a word for that service. It's like incredible. Call unto me and I will answer you. Seek me, you'll find me. Knock, I'll open it to you. Pull your chair up to the master's table. Shake off shake off that thing that's caused you to think you're second best in the kingdom. There's no second best. There's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. We are equal. We are equal. I'm on an ark. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. You've got to get a harness on your frustrations today. Some of you have been living in the same frustration so long. Well, what do you mean they're going to go away? They ain't all going to go away. You'll be frustrated about something tomorrow. I don't receive that word. Well, don't receive that word. That'd be good, but you probably are going to receive that word because you've been living in frustration so long. You know how to, you know how to associate with frustration. A lot of people know how to associate with frustrations better than they know how to associate with the Word of God. So there's frustrations that you've been dealing with a long time that's caused some torment to come. Well, I don't want nobody to know I'm tormented. Listen, it was two months ago I was tormented out of my mind. I just know the difference now. It's amazing to me how you can be so tormented today and then a few days later feel like you're on a mountaintop like nothing can touch you I mean like right here like my God you're so frustrated you got a whole plan when the frustration turns into the torment you have opened a door for the enemy to speak things that will cause you to do things Judas Peter both got frustrated. Peter wept bitterly. Judas went out and hung himself. I think there was a place of repentance for Judas. I, I, I mean, he sold him out, but really he was just trying to make a plan come to pass. But he got so frustrated with himself that he messed up and went out and hung himself. Peter got frustrated. He denied him. He denied him three times. I was reading last night. He denied him once denied him twice and then there was a space of about an hour before he denied him the third time and I thought about that when Jesus said could you not pray for an hour he got to relive I couldn't even pray for an hour so there was that space of an hour you've got to learn how to deal with frustrations when they come they are not the final say you're broke today you'll have money tomorrow you're broke today. Paul said, I've learned whatever state I'm in. Listen, I'm, I'm living on narrower than I'm used to. And I've learned to live in it. We just learn to live in where we're at. Why? God said, do what we're doing. We're doing it. Got kids that aren't where they're supposed to be. That can torment you. Or you can dig in here. He says, I, I'll give this promise to you and to your children. Raise them in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. I can't, I can't do what they do between now and the time they're old. If you've got a frustration, just hold it up right here. It's okay. We're not going, not going to call them out. You never know how this is going to go. Just, just a frustration, and I just want to learn how to apply the word to that frustration. Well, this is what I would suggest, because I heard it through the grapevine. Open the menu book. Open the menu book and find you a meal that will give you the nutrients that you need to deal with this specific frustration. If you're not dealing with one today, praise God. See, that's something that we've created in the church. There are days when you won't have a frustration. 
praise God for them. There's a script I wrote in my Bible once and handed it to her in, in the Bible, and I think it's over around Peter somewhere. And I was teaching the House of Mercy girls. They said, Where is that scripture? I said, Well, it's in my Bible on page 882. It's right here on the bottom, and it's one that I wrote in there. You shall pass over to a peaceful shore. Well, it's just a word that God spoke to me. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for the power of the word, for the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that you have prepared a menu book for us to, to choose from. I thank you, Father, for every one of my brothers and sisters that are gathered in this house this morning. Our hands just represented something that we're facing today. God, I can't fix people's frustrations nor their situations. But, Father, you can. Some situations you'll take care of them immediately. Some situations we just have to walk through them. And there is a grace that you give us to walk through them. I pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus that there would be hope and encouragement that would come. I pray, God, that those that have been eating crumbs would pull themselves up to the table, that would grab themselves and lift themselves up and say, This is who I am in you. And I thank you for that. I thank you, God, that we are living in a good day. That we are living in a good day, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we encourage ourselves in Him. Amen and amen. Amen. What a great word. Let's give the Lord a hand clap again. What a great word. Just be sure to locate yourself and ask the Holy Spirit how, just stay standing, we're done, how He would speak to you and then the remedy that was given. And there will be days, I don't have any frustration today. There will be days that you don't have. I might have hurt, pain, things, but there will be days that you will and days that you won't. Um, and you will. That cycle will change. Um, and we just thank God that he takes care of such a great word. So be sure to take that to heart. Walk it out. You are loved.